Well, good evening and Merry Christmas, everybody. We are so glad that you decided to spend part of your Christmas with us, and that goes for everyone watching online on Christmas morning. It also goes for all of you here, all of you who braved the cold and the snow to be here tonight. You guys are tough. Thank you for coming. Well, I am excited because I love Christmas Eve. If you ask me, this is one of the best nights of the whole year. However, depending on who you are, depending on what family you're a part of, Christmas Eve can be controversial. The controversy I'm talking about centers around presents. Is it okay to open presents on Christmas Eve, or do you have to wait until Christmas morning? I thought we might be able to settle this controversy tonight, so I'm going to do a quick poll. I'll give you three options, and then by a show of hands, you can let me know where you stand on this important issue. Option A is no. You can't open anything on Christmas Eve. You've got to learn some patience. Wait until the morning. Option B says it's okay to open one, just one present, but let's not go crazy here. Option C says, you knock yourself out. You can open every blessed present in the house. That's fine. So these are the three choices. A, none. B, one. C, everything. So who says option A, none? Got a few Grinches in the house. That's all right. (laughs) Option B, who says just one? Okay, that's a good group. How about option C, everything? That's pretty even, evenly split among the three choices, and I will tell you, the Hartley House, we are a one-present family, and I know we got three kids here tonight that can't wait to go home and open their one present, and that's just the beginning, right? Over the next 24 hours, there's going to be a lot of joy in our house, and it may be the same for you. There may be a lot of joy in your house this weekend. But that's not the case for everyone, is it? I heard someone say something very interesting the other day. They said Christmas is a great magnifier. If your home, if your family are generally happy throughout the year, Christmas sort of magnifies that happiness. But if your home is not a good place to be, or if you're dealing with grief or loneliness, Christmas magnifies those things as well. But whoever you are, however you walked in here tonight, however you are watching tonight, whatever state you're in, I have a message of joy to share with you. And and this joy will cut through every difficulty, every circumstance in life. It's not going to solve all your problems, but it will give you a foundation of peace and hope. If you've been with us in December here at Plum Creek, you know we've been talking about the joy that only comes from Jesus. And tonight, we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to focus on that joy. And we're actually going to look at the Old Testament. We're going to look at the words of a prophet named Isaiah. And before we hear what Isaiah has to say, I want to set the stage a little bit. I want you to think of this entire stage as a timeline. And you might have noticed a sign over here. 2022. This represents the present on our timeline. 
We're right here, December 24th, 2022. So everything in this direction, my left, your right, that's the future. Everything in this direction, that's the past. So as I move back to the center of the stage, we're going back 2,000 years to the birth of Jesus. That's why the manger is here. And you probably know, Jesus is the dividing line in history. Everything before him is B.C., before Christ. Everything after Jesus, that's A.D., which stands for in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. Now, we're not going to stop here, though. We'll keep going. 700 years before Jesus. So now, 700 years B.C. This is the time of the Old Testament prophets, including the prophet Isaiah. Now, tonight, the role of Isaiah will be played by a coat rack. So, guys, uh, can we bring out our friend Isaiah? Uh, I've got some helpers here. And there he is. The prophet Isaiah, 700 B.C. I think we can all agree He's a pretty handsome fella. Unfortunately, like a, a lot of guys, he did not iron his robe. Um, but prophets aren't known for fashion or style, so that's okay. But with Isaiah being here, that, that kind of brings up a question. We're focusing on Jesus tonight. So why would we listen to what this prophet has to say 700 years before Jesus? Well, I'll tell you, in the Bible, the prophets were messengers who spoke on God's behalf. And through the prophets, God said that one day a Messiah would come. And this Messiah would be the Savior of the world. Now, at the time when Isaiah was a prophet, God's chosen people were going through a very difficult time. The, the ten tribes of Israel in the north, they had just been destroyed by a huge army from a place called Assyria. There were still a couple tribes left down south. Those tribes down south, they were terrified. They, they were worried that the same thing might happen to them, that the Assyrians might come destroy them too. So these people, they needed God to show up and deliver them from their enemies. Unfortunately, they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve for God to deliver them because these people had been disobedient. They had been rebellious for a long time at that point. But the good news is, God had a plan to bless Israel despite the fact that they didn't deserve it. God had some great news to share, and he shared that news through the prophet Isaiah. So Isaiah said, listen up, everyone. I have a message from God. And then in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, he said this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So Isaiah says, yes, these are some scary times. It's like we're walking in darkness right now. But God says, things are about to change. Someone is coming who will bring light into this darkness. And that's when we get to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now, if I had been around when Isaiah was prophesying, he really would have gotten my attention right here. I would have been thinking, oh, this sounds great. Sounds like a hero is coming. Sounds like a great leader. The government will be on his shoulders. So this guy's going to deliver us from our enemies, right? So who is he, and when is he coming? 
Well, Isaiah goes on and describes this individual. He, he describes this person with four specific titles, and I want to go through these titles one at a time. First, he says this person will be a wonderful counselor. We'll put this up where we can see it. Now, a wonderful counselor is someone who is incredibly wise. A wonderful counselor knows exactly what to say and exactly what to do in every situation. And based on this one title, you might think this person would be a normal human being who happens to be gifted with great wisdom. But we see pretty quickly with this next title, this is no normal human being. Isaiah says, this is the mighty God. Now, for the Jewish people, this would have been confusing. You, you said something about a child, right? How could a human child also be the mighty God? It would have sounded a little suspicious because the Jews had been taught from the beginning, from Scripture, that there's only one God. But then Isaiah goes on from there, says this person, this leader, this hero would be the everlasting father. So somehow the child will grow up and become a father who lives forever and ever. Who are we talking about, Isaiah? There's one more title. This person would be the prince of peace. Now this word peace here, this is important. It's translated from the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom is a great word. Shalom means actually more than peace. It means wholeness, completeness. When you have shalom, everything that was broken has been restored and repaired and made whole. And of course, the Jewish people would want that shalom for their nation, but they also needed it for their relationship with God. Because their relationship with God was broken beyond repair because of their sin. But what if this great leader could bring shalom, not just in a political way for the nation, but also in a spiritual way? Shalom between God and his people. Nothing could be better than that, right? So Isaiah's announcement would have been exciting, would have been very encouraging. But again, who is this guy? Well, back in Isaiah's time, 700 B.C., people were looking for this leader, but unfortunately, no one showed up who matched all of these titles. And we know why, right? It's because it wouldn't be, it would be a long time before someone lived up to these four names. It would take 700 years. It would be the birth of Jesus. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. These four names here, they belong to Jesus alone. I, I heard someone uh, share something very cool about these four titles. Each of these names is connected to a unique attribute of God. Uh, check this out. First, think about Jesus as the wonderful counselor. In the end, this is someone with perfect wisdom. This is someone who is never wrong. And how could that be? Well, the only one with perfect wisdom is the one who knows everything. 
And that's exactly who God is, right? He is all-knowing. The fancy word is omniscient. God is all-knowing. That's why he's the perfect counselor. He can guide you with a knowledge that only he has. He can comfort you with a perspective that only he has. You know, for some of us, 2022 has been a hard year. For a few of us, it's been a brutal year. And if that's the case, you need this wonderful counselor. Jesus knows exactly what to say, what you need to hear. He he knows the future. He knows exactly how to take you from where you are to where you need to be. He, He knows the plans he has for you. But what about this next title? What does it mean for Jesus to be the mighty God? Well, this word mighty points to another attribute of God. He is all-powerful, omnipotent. He's strong enough to deal with any enemy you could ever face. And that is true of Jesus, right? He had power over temptation. He never sinned. He had power over nature. He had power over death itself. So right now, you may have some problem in your life that feels impossible. But don't give up hope because your problem is not too big for Jesus. He's the mighty God. But then think about Jesus as the everlasting Father. This one might seem strange because Jesus is the Son of God, isn't he? And that's true, but we don't have to make this too complicated. You can think of Jesus like a father who provides good things for his children. He's a good father. Why would he do that? Why would Jesus, as the everlasting father, provide good things for his children? It's because of his love for you. He is all loving. That's another attribute of God. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how far you walk away from him. He will never stop loving you. His love is everlasting. Some of us did not have an earthly father like that. Maybe your dad was cold or distant or cruel. Maybe he just wasn't there at all. But make no mistake, Jesus is not like that. He's a good father. He's the one you've always wanted. And he will never leave you. He's the everlasting father. Finally, Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the only one who brings true shalom and wholeness. He's the only one who can fix everything that's broken in your life. And that includes your relationship with God. When you turn to Jesus and surrender your life to him, your relationship with God that was broken is healed and restored and made whole. Now, we don't deserve this shalom with God. It's a gift, a gift that we don't deserve. It's called grace. And his grace is enough to cover all of our sins and all of our failures. His grace is enough. It's all sufficient. That's another one of God's attributes. The Prince of Peace. He's all sufficient to bring shalom into our lives. Peace with God. And when you put all of these things together, it's abundantly clear. The coming of Jesus is very, very good news. It's like the angel said to the shepherds, good news 
that causes great joy for all people. But then how do we take this good news from the past and bring it into the present? It's actually very simple. The Bible says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So if you invite Jesus into your life, you will experience all of these good things. He will be your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father, your Prince of Peace. Here at Plum Creek, we have a mission. Our mission is leading people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And one of our favorite things is to see someone invite Jesus to be their Lord and their Savior. And I wanted to give you a glimpse of uh, several people who said yes to Jesus this year. We have a video of some baptisms that have taken place in and around Plum Creek over the last few months. So let's watch this together. It's really neat to see these. Uh, people saying yes to Jesus, dying to their old life, and experiencing new life in Christ. And it does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your past is. He invites you to receive the goodness that only he can provide, the hope, the joy that only he can provide. It could be tonight that you came to a Christmas Eve service and you just wanted to experience a nice service. But it could also be that God has something much more for you. It could be that he's calling you to accept this grace, this joy, this life that only he can give. And if, if that's you this evening, we'd love to talk with you and, and help you, walk, walk you through that decision of surrendering your life to Jesus, putting your faith in him. After the service, I'll be down front here. You could also stop at the Connection Cafe in the back of the room, and we'd be glad to talk with you about that. But let's think about what Isaiah said. He said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And we know what that light is, right? The light is Jesus himself. Right now, we're walking through a very dark world, but we don't have to live in darkness because Jesus is the light of the world, and he wants to be the light in your life. In just a few moments, we're going to light candles and spread this light around the room. Every candle represents the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. So you can get your candles ready, but stay right where you are. Someone will come to your row, and then you can pass the light down. Uh, to the person next to you. As the candlelight spreads around the room, we're going to sing, O Holy Night. And just before we leave, we're going to sing, Silent Night. And I encourage you to pay special attention to the last verse that we sing. Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God loves pure light. Jesus is the light in the darkness, and we can walk in that light. So let's focus on that truth tonight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, the fact that no one else is like Jesus. He's the one we've waited for.
Lord, I thank you for the, the shalom, the peace that is possible through Jesus. And I pray tonight that we will remember this holiday is really all about Jesus. I pray that you will help us remember the light of the world, the hope in the darkness. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.